0: Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. Our final devotion in Matthew chapter 13, this very dense chapter. So we've been in this one for a couple of weeks now. This is Matthew chapter 13. Uh, We've just seen Matthew's iteration of what Mark 6 also teaches about Jesus being rejected in his hometown of Nazareth. Verse 57, and they were offended by him. Hey, Does that that sound familiar? Do you guys remember this from Matthew uh, chapter 11? Blessed is the one who is not offended by me. The disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus, bringing this question in a moment of crisis, as poor John the Baptist has been imprisoned. He's about to get his head cut off for speaking the truth. And then Jesus sends back this cryptic and yet really profound, you know, uh, biblical series of six proofs of how he is the Messiah, along with a seventh just word of encouragement to John the Baptist. And that, that last little word of encouragement is, Blessed is the one who is not offended by me. If you're not offended by Jesus, that is a blessed and good thing. If you find Jesus offensive, you're in rough shape because that's your savior friend. The whole town of Nazareth, collectively, it would seem, was offended by Jesus. Now, we know that Jesus's brothers and his, his family, that they would believe in him. We see them, we see James even be the one, he's the author of the, the epistle, James. Um, God's not done with the the, the physical family of, of Jesus just yet, but His town, in large part, has rejected Him. He's gone to the synagogue to teach. He's given miraculous proof. Okay, They, they see the fact that He has miraculous powers in verse 54. They see that He teaches with, with wisdom in verse 54. But it's because of their proximity to Him and His family where He grew up that they just are offended at the notion. And so they're offended by Jesus. But you and I, if we're not offended by Jesus, we are blessed. Now, my woke friend, you should know when we get to Matthew chapter 19, Jesus is going to overtly affirm biblical marriage and biblical gender Does that offend you. If not, you're blessed because this is what Jesus said. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his household. And he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. Jeremiah, the prophet experienced something similar in Jeremiah chapter 12, verse six. It says, even your brothers, your own father's family, even they were treacherous to you. Even they have cried out loudly after you. Do not do not have confidence in them, though they speak well of you. Even the prophet Jeremiah would echo a similar teaching and to not be taken seriously in one's own hometown or even his own household. That's tough, man, that's rough. Uh, We saw Jesus's brothers kind of pick on him kind of goad him into going to be what they call it a public figure, the Feast of Tabernacles. And then Jesus waits until the opportune moment to come up and actually teach. And he invites people to be saved and gives us this, this profound teaching on the kingdom of heaven. But his brothers did not believe in him at that point in his, in his ministry. His own household that he grew up in then uh, did not honor him. As we see that Mary knows who he is. She has stored up everything in her hearts and seeing Simeon and Anna and for crying out loud, the angel Gabriel speaking to her, Joseph, whatever happens to Joseph, we don't know later on in the text, but he likewise was spoken to by an angel. But his siblings, namely his brothers, we don't know what, uh, much about his sisters. We know that his brothers would deride him for this. And they, they did not initially believe in him. They would later, and that is miraculous proof of the Messiah right there, my friend, that your siblings would believe that you are God. You must be God but verse 58 is heartbreaking he did not do many miracles in his hometown it's not that he didn't know miracles he did do some the text says he didn't do many miracles because of their unbelief it's tragic if only their eyes had if only their eyes were open if only their ears could hear if only their hearts were softened they would have seen more miracles evidently but because of their unbelief Jesus didn't do much there. It's a sad day. It's a sad day for Nazareth. May you believe in Jesus. Isn't it funny how if we believe in Jesus, we'll see him do great things. But if we demand that Jesus do great things in order for us to believe in him, he won't do it. Okay? He's not the monkey in the box that dances when you wind up. He doesn't obey your commands. He's Lord. Believe in him. And then watch God perform miracles in your life, in your heart, in your soul, in the lives of those around you, in your church, and in the nations. It's an amazing thing to watch God at work. As a pastor, I'm spoiled rotten. I get a front row seat to watch God at work in numerous lives simultaneously at any given time. It's really, really cool. When I was was on staff at, uh, like when I was the, the, the lead pastor of a mega church, I didn't get as deep of a look. But now that I'm on the pastor of a church plant, I get a more in-depth, first-hand close-up look at what's happening in people's lives. And it's so cool. It's so amazing. I'm seeing proof of God. I had a conversation last week with a man whose marriage was straight up saved miraculously by the teaching that was happening in the Redemption Church at the time. It's awesome. All right? I've, I just prayed with someone whose baby is in the hospital, it's being miraculously healed by just the an answer to, prayer from the people of God I'm I'm talking to people who are watching God work financial miracles in their lives, they just ask for provision and God gives it I'm sitting here at a buffet of proof of the goodness of God but in the skeptics view, I'm the guy who needs that proof the least they don't see these things because they're not in church (laughs) they don't have the view that I do indeed, the one who has little even what he has will be taken away from him well, the one who has much, even more will be given to him, and he'll have more than enough. It's true. All of Matthew chapter 13 is coherent in this regard. Do you see? It may feel like he goes from the wheat and the weeds and the pearl and the treasure and the storehouse and the fish, and like, but it's all coherent. It's all incredible, even the way that it ends. He didn't do many miracles there because of their unbelief. If you believe, you're going to see God do great things. You believe, that means you already have much. And even what you have, guess what? It's going to be increased. But if you don't believe, like the people of Jesus' hometown, even what little you have, that's going to be taken away from you. They had a small view of Jesus. That's Joseph's kid. That's the carpenter dude, right? That's their view of him. And even what they had of him will be taken away. Believe first, then you watch God perform great works in your heart and your family, your community, your church, your city, the world. It doesn't work the other way around. This is the biblical text. Would you believe today?